Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential here at earsports.com. My name is Mike Casaza. If my audio is distorted tonight, I have microphone issues and I sought to get them fixed, but unfortunately, Austin Kendall had other plans. <laughs> As number 12 comes off the bench, throws two touchdown passes, leads West Virginia from a double digit two score deficit to a three point win in the Liberty Bowl. Chris, this has been a wild season. Things that we thought we had figured out, only to be constantly reminded we did not. I think we all thought there would be a quarterback change at halftime. We were right. We were also wrong. It was not Gary Green. It was Austin Kendall, and he grabbed the pen and wrote the final chapter. If there is nothing else redemptive about this season, it is that West Virginia played football, won six games, beat Army in a bowl game, and I don't want to say fairy tale. But that's darn close to a fairy tale finish for a guy who is universally popular on that team. Yeah, he is. Uh, it, I got got the message from somebody there in Memphis said he was taking first team snaps at halftime, and I thought, surely you mean Garrett Green? Yes, is taking snaps because every time that we've seen Neil Brown, I mean he hasn't he hasn't benched Daggy until today. He has not. He he's kind of fiddled with other things and maybe that's just because green is so different than than kendall and daggy but we've, we've seen green we've seen part we've seen him out there occasionally we have not seen kendall except for a few snaps in the uh season opener that was just a complete blowout so to see them kind of skip right past that and go right to kendall is pretty remarkable and for kendall to come out and play pretty well uh, to be quite honest i mean I, I don't think he did anything spectacular but he played above average football at mm-hmm. the quarterback position and that was all West Virginia needed in this game. That was an upgrade. Yes. I I have a lot of thoughts on Deggy. I don't want to sit here until the ball drops discussing all of them, but if you look at his stats, he was 15 of 25. I think we can all agree that West Virginia had at minimum five drops in the first half. At minimum. I counted seven times the ball hit the receiver's hands and then hit the turf. Were they all drops? No, but seven balls that I'm sure the receiver's coach would be like, got to catch it. Yeah. So I, I was going to say, I was going to say six or seven, too, at least five. So conservatively, Jared Diggy's sitting with 20 of 25 for 200 yards at halftime and a touchdown. That's not bad. But it, it, again, this is just like when last year when we said, you know, the stats don't tell the whole story with Deggy. You got to actually watch him, and you can tell that that they needed to make the switch to Deggy. Today, you had to watch this game to know that you had to make the switch from Deggy because he, I mean, there were people right in his face, two big six, you know, maybe not as big as uh, the defensive lineman for West Virginia, but two big defensive linemen right in his face, ready to tackle him. And he just won't get rid of the ball. And over and over. And in that interception he threw, there were four defenders there. I, I don't know what he's throwing at. It was, it was some of the like worst quarterbacking. I think I've seen to go along with some pretty decent stats. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. So I've taken some heat about saying that the quarterback thing in the spring is going to be real. It's going to be a competition. Uh, I'm not backpedaling or retreating. I'm wondering if, it's Garrett Green. That's the competition. Or if West Virginia goes to the transfer portal. 
I think the the transfer portal possibility just increased sixty percent, seventy percent. Here's why. Here's why. Well, here's here's an anecdote for you too. Here's what we're gonna do, Chris. We're not gonna go through play by play and review the game here. You and I have way too many bullets in the canister here. <laughs> I, I think we should just. I think we should just like. I don't know, like like a lethal weapon Riggs and Murtaugh, and just go in and empty the chambers here with all of our takes. Are you ready? Let's go. Yeah, go. Pre-game radio, I did the West Virginia whip around with Dan Zangrilli and some other reporters that rotate around there. And it's always five questions on a timer. And one of them was about, you know, what do they do with their remaining scholarships? And everybody had pretty good answers about five, here are the positions, this and that. And I said something along those lines, hey, you know, the recruits, so to speak, are guys like O'Coley and Sam Brown, who just didn't play this year because it's an awkward season. There's not a lot of time to develop. They'll get better. Those are almost like recruits. And by the way, what do you do with quarterback? And you could hear the record scratch. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, wait a minute, we're going to do this sixth question here. There's always five. And they said, what about quarterback? And I just thought to myself, are you kidding? Like, no one's thinking about this? And I just said, the transfer portal has never been as deep, as rich, as talented as it's about to be. And these guys are going to be eligible right away. They're not postgraduate players. You can get a guy who's answered for two, three, four years. If you have a way to make your team better, I, I don't care. An inside linebacker, a defensive end, a receiver is not going to lift this team to the level that an impact quarterback can make. And if there's one out there, you, you got to ask her to dance. Like you can't, you can't go in with Daigie and green. You can't Kendall's done. That seems like it's an official thing now, by the way. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. And everybody kind of thought like that was maybe an obtuse point, but the way that Brown talked about mobility at his quarterback position after the Iowa state game, and then yanked his starting quarterback in a bowl game, in which his team was only down four points at that point. Yeah. Incredible indictment on the situation. And let's, let's bring something else up here. This is also a coaching staff that is not afraid to go out and over recruit a quarterback that they just brought in. Mm -hmm. uh, does nobody remember that they brought in Austin Kendall, saw him for a couple of weeks in the spring and then said, mm, Hey, Jared Dagey, you're available. Yeah. yeah. Come on in. It, like they brought them in the same in the same off season. So this is not out of the realm of possibility. They are not afraid to, you know, just because everybody might have this preconceived notion of this guy is going to be the quarterback as it gets into the spring. The, the, this coaching staff does not necessarily believe that. I mean, we don't know what they believe, but they're not afraid to say, eh, let's get better. And the way the, the fact that they went Daggy to Kendall instead of Daggy to green also, it is is another reason why, you know, just the, the benching in general makes me think, up, oh, keep an eye on this in the spring. And then from, to go from Daggy to Kendall instead of Daggy to Green, I mean, my alarm bells are going off. That that we need to keep an eye on the transfer portal. Yeah. It's not a take anymore. It's a it's a factual point. Like it's it's the way to get this team better right away. Um and listen, they're gonna need upgrades of talent at receiver. I don't know where Sam Brown was all year. <laughs> and I don't know where he was for the final 35 minutes of that game either, but he looked like he was a difference maker. Listen, in small doses and small and small bites, there, I get that, but that's a guy who probably could have, should have, would have played more this year if this was like a normal season, but uh, that was different. And then your, your same cast of characters are dropping passes or not catching the ball. That's maybe a catchable ball. Um, and then just two things stood out to me that I think were just, just indicative to me of the situation. Cause listen, guys know. And what I mean by that is you, you can't trick your teammates. You can't. And when, when Daigie duffed that possession and fumbled and he was in there again in the next possession and Brown, I, I don't know what you do there. Uh, at some point, you're just like, let's get to halftime here. Let's not invite more disaster. And that first pass was darn near intercepted. That screen yeah. pass. And then just take your knees. No, we're going to sack the quarterback. 
because he's out rolling around again and he doesn't throw the ball away because I think he's worried about a mistake. And then you don't take a knee on third down because I guess you're trying to hand the ball to Letty Brown. I hope he can get us like an 80 yard run or something. So you don't take a knee. You're punting again. <laughs> like it's, it's incredible to go from up 10, seven to down 14 to 10 in two ten, in which you have a turnover and a punt. <laughs> That's amazing. So one, I don't want to hear anything else about the quarterback thing. And I don't want to hear anything else about the end of the half. It's always an event <laughs> with West Virginia because it is okay. But um, that that final drive of the first half was pretty discouraging and nobody around him stepped up to do something like he would think that Lyman would have their hair on fire trying to block and make sure that he could do something. You would think the Daigie would be better. You'd think that maybe Sean Ryan would catch that pass or go out of his way to do it. And then you saw Kendall's teammates respond to him. Like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't brilliant play, but like guys tried to do something to make that work. It looked like and he ran around and tried to make something happen. And I, I just thought like there was a spark there right away. You said, listen, they, they could they could win this game 24, 21, something like that. Um, I, I just think that that's your you're in a nutshell situation there where you change the one thing you can change. You can't change 10 people. You can change one and one person can change 10 people. And that looks like it happened, which is the exact same thing that happened last year when this roles reversed and they put Daigie in for Kendall. Yeah, after that touchdown pass, after after the first touchdown with Kendall on at quarterback, he came out of the sidelines and it looked the reaction from the bench was like the basketball team when Spencer Mackey comes in and hits a three. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 just mugged him all over him. Everybody. Not not just the juice squad or whatever. The whole dang team was on top of Kendall, congratulating him. And it, just what you said, I think it sparked everybody on that team to kind of do it because when they came out in the second half, the defense looked done. They get the RB went right down the field. They were done. And I think I tweeted, I said, you know, West Virginia has had some terrible bowl performances, but I did not think we'd get one of those from this team. And it was trending very much in that direction. You know, 21, 10 defense looks like they're checked out. West Virginia switched into Austin Kendall at quarterback. And boom, that was just the switch they needed was that switch to Kendall at quarterback. This could have been pretty bad. Um, there was there was a lot of sniping. It looked like a this, lot. This looked like <laughs> a, a team that's been together for six months, almost without separation until recently. And I think those breaks were good, but I think those breaks were also like, I really don't like that surrounding I'm in very much. I like being away, and the sooner you can get back to that is probably because listen, these guys are gone for like three weeks now, right? Yeah. I think the semester starts in the 17th or 18th or something, so they're gone for a while. Um, so I, I just think you see that light at the end of the tunnel that hey it's almost there it's almost there this game doesn't matter this season doesn't count so to speak you can talk guys into that i think and when that when that defense kept backing up and backing up and backing up and just got steamrolled in that second that second half possession to start you're thinking this does not look this could go really bad and, and kendall by and large saves the day but this this had all the signs for the first 38 minutes and uh, for a team that didn't seem like it had that resolute response against Iowa State and that just never really rallied, came back, and, and kind of did what it did today, you wondered how it was going to happen. And the, the defense played exceptionally in the final, really the final 20 minutes of that game. Um, is it as simple as Kendall just getting everybody to wake up and say, oh, wait a minute, this is winnable. This isn't 21-10. No, 21-17 is better. Get a stop. Or 21-16, I guess. Hey, get a stop. Get the ball back, see what happens. and. I think what's remarkable there is that the offense went three and out twice in a row. Maybe I had one first down, but it, it didn't end. I think everybody kind of had that spirit. This was possible. Yeah. Uh, the combination of, of them scoring that drive 
and then getting that onside kick, even though they didn't score, that set it up. Because I think it gave them, uh, hey, yeah, we, we can win this game. Because one, you know, obviously if they had scored, they would have taken a lead. But then it also flipped the field position for the for the game. Uh, you know, Army was pinned back. And yeah, West Virginia went three and out. But they were going three and out near midfield and pinning Army back inside their 10 both times, I believe. So it wasn't, it, it, that was big. That onside kick was big in this game. And similarly, Army's without their best defensive player, the linebacker John Radigan, second team All American, the first time they've ever had a buck kiss them a finalist. Two of their, I think, probably most active, most productive running backs, their starting center, their starting left tackle, and his backup. I, I watched the first 10 minutes of this game and said, I don't know if Army's going to score. I legitimately said that in my living room. I'm sitting next to my dad, and I, I learned the art of the take at his foot. <laughs> so I said that with, with great sincerity. <laughs> and I, I, it wasn't crazy. And then just the things you can't do, you can't throw it. You can't get a pass picked off by an underneath defender. Um, and you, you you really can't commit that turnover. And all of a sudden, it's it's 14 to 10 at the half. It's 21 to 10. You're thinking, how the heck did this happen? Chris, how the heck did that happen? I, I don't know. I my brain, my brain could not process what happened at the end of the first half. Like, it, it I saw it happen. And I saw several, uh, several other people made the same joke, but it, and, and they all made the same joke because it looked the same. We've all seen it. It looked like when you were playing a video game and your battery controllers, you, like your batteries go out and your controllers are dead and your guy just runs in a straight line and doesn't move. And you just, I could not figure out what Daggy was doing. I could not figure out how that was happening. And it was, I mean, I thought again. I thought the game was over, and I really thought the game was over when when Army came out and scored to start the second half. Because that, it, what was it was it was ten to seven. West Virginia had the ball. They had shown a little life on offense the previous drive. I thought they were about to go down and score, maybe go up seventeen seven at halftime. And then you're talking, you know, like we discussed before the game. Hey, it's going to be just like the TCU game where West Virginia gets up ten or ten or thirteen, and then just you know coasts, takes the air out of the ball, and coasts. And that, and I was prepared for that. It looked like it was coming. And oh my god, that play! I can't, I can't shake my head. I, I can't shake it out of my brain. I can't figure it out. Did he slap the turf with two hands while he was on the ground and the ball was still alive? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and and I don't, I don't want this to come out wrong. I am glad Neil Brown made a move on that. You have to, you have to make a move when, when somebody is making decisions and mistakes like he made kind of right there in a row. You have to, you know, he did it to Jack Allison. I brought it up on Twitter. Everybody remember when Jack Allison made the, the out route underneath throw on a, uh, and just benched him after one pass attempt, Yeah, one pass attempt. And we never saw Jack Allison. I mean, we saw Jack Allison, what, three months later when everybody else on the team got hurt and he had to go in, but that, that got Jack Allison sent to, you know, Siberia basically. And I, I didn't think there was any way you could come out with Diggy in, in the second half after that. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Zero chance. And you, you posted your, your tidbit about Kendall warming up, and I thought, oh, no. Because yeah. everything we've heard is that Green's the backup. And not just because they have a package for him, but because he's played one snap against Iowa State. We just heard he's the number two. Like, if something happened, he would come in. Maybe it's different for different situations. Um, Brown today's played great for six weeks in practice. I don't know. Didn't play in a game, so we'll see. But it it seemed to me that it was a guy who was, I think, maybe trying to win the bowl game, which is important, of course. But I wondered, is this a guy who, man, if you, if you put Green in and and he goes 8 of 17 for 121 yards and two touchdowns, that makes the spring very interesting. Maybe you don't want that. Um, I don't know. I wonder if I wonder if the present was at all influenced by the future or if, if Kendall was just the right guy for that situation. Turns out Kendall was the right guy for that situation. So that was interesting to me. And again, I think his I think his teammates responded and it was it was good to go. Um I just think it's gonna be a situation that, that we have to keep an eye on in the offseason. What happens? Um because I don't know how you come back with Daigie and say he's the guy for sure. And I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to say that they've checked out on Kendall. I don't think that's accurate or fair because excuse me, um Green. I haven't seen him really, but like that was a spot for him to come in today, I think, if he was ready to go in March, so to speak. And maybe that's not quite the thing yet, which makes me the portal is an option. But um, defensively, Army did a number on them in certain spots. And Brown, Letty Brown, 20 carries for 65 yards, I think. Yeah. I, I, I kind of came away with a better appreciation for Army's defense. They don't have Radigan, but the other linebacker, whose name I can't remember right now, was, was tough. Their defensive tackle was tough. And... Their safeties and corners came up and made plays, too. I think people probably believe a little bit more of the hype about RB as a program, not the offense, but they, they played good defense today. They, they looked like they were up to the challenge. Yeah. Uh, you know, missing key players, both sides of all top players. You listed them off earlier, and they competed. I mean, I, I, I couldn't really tell that they were so, you know, had, had lost so many key players. Now, West Virginia was down a few guys, too, as well, and, and lost some more on the way. That was, God, I, I mean, as Brown noted, Dante Bonamico in its safety for the last 20 minutes of the game, which is remarkable. I think he had uh, Brown said he hadn't played a snap at safety in two years. Um, I don't know if that was an exaggeration or not, but it, it's been a while since we've seen him play a meaningful snap on defense for West Virginia, and he played well. 
but Army, they were right there. You know, I, I didn't think at any point, the only time I really thought they were ever matched was the way the Stills brothers were just beating up on that backup center. Just, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it was like that first play of Kenny Bigelow against Tennessee in the season over a couple years back, but 18 times in a row. And I think eventually they just had to, they could not run up the middle. I, I, I look forward to seeing the actual breakdown of their, where they ran, but out of what do I got? 182 rushing yards for army. I bet 178 of them. I feel like were to the outside because they were getting nothing up the middle. And, and Leslie, Jordan, Leslie or Jamal, Adai, I'm not sure. made a pretty great adjustment too. I don't know how soon they realized that the starting center wasn't there. Starting center is a good player. And I forget his PFF grade, but it's it's impressive. And he's taken over 600 snaps this year. He's back up about 150. And they pinched. They went even and pinched uh, Darius and Dante. And those two were just hitting that dude again and again and again. Like, <laughs> and I'm just thinking, again, I was thinking, I don't know how they're going to move the ball. And then they didn't play a ton of even the rest of the game. And they were starting to get clipped outside a little bit. And like you mentioned, that a lot of their, their games are outside. And then all of a sudden, the, the quarterback lead in the middle starts to work a little bit. And, and they got back into the game. Credit to them. Threw some good passes. I shouldn't say threw some good passes. Completed mm. some passes. Yeah. That was it. And, um, I don't know. I just I just wonder. And you write about Bonamico. He only played Spear sparingly last year. He never played Cat or Free. I think he played a little bit of Cat today because I have to get my chain of succession right here. But Mahone got brained right away in the game and i think long got hit in the head too and came out long was playing pretty good and you're just looking at your flow chart going who all right 39 put him in because yeah. uh i don't know i mean maybe somebody maybe somebody tweeted bonamico and told him to go in the game from the sideline <laughs> because that's a storyline we have to talk about isn't it what tweeting from the sideline yeah for a guy who didn't start and then maybe should have had some all conference or all america recognition and I think we have to buckle up for a Tyke Smith storyline this offseason. Yeah, we've been kind of touching on it. People have been asking about it. We've been discussing it on the message board for several days now. Um, details are weird. Don't know the details. Uh, Neil Brown shared a little bit of them today. Said that Tyke Smith got in an accident and said he hadn't been practicing. Uh, you know, we'd been, again, the discussion on our board was practice. Everybody was supposed to report back on December 17th. Um Tyke Smith was not in Morgantown on December, or he might have been December 17th, but sometime between December 17th and December 23rd, when they were practicing, he was not there. And again, Neil Brown kind of confirmed that today, said he wasn't practicing, he didn't say he wasn't in Morgantown, but um, it was weird. You know, everybody's trying to tell us nothing's going on, but we're hearing something's going on. And then right before the game, you <laughs> you said... Something's up. A lot of talk about Scotty Young leading up to this game. A lot of talk about Scotty Young leading up to Never this game. Never made sense, right? And sure enough, it made perfect sense for the exact reasons you said. What Scotty Young's going to start. <laughs> That's what happened. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, Scotty Young citing Tyke Smith is nowhere to be found. Shows up for a drive in the second quarter. He was definitely out there. I saw him. My own two eyes. Number 23, T. Smith, out there playing on defense for a drive, maybe two. And then was not spotted by the same birdie who told me about Kendall on the sidelines. And then he's tweeting during the game, which Can't do I, it. I'm, I'm not aware of many players who have their phone, cell phones on the sideline uh, or on the field. So we'll see. Uh, Neil Brown kind of um, didn't want to touch on it too much in postgame. 
it's at least. Well, I wanted to touch on it. <laughs> well, that's it, why they, they knew you wanted to touch on it. That's why you got cut off and didn't get to ask the question. I understand people are going to think that I'm trying to stir it up, but there's there's something here. There just is. Like, you can't have a player who's not with the team the whole the whole preseason, excuse me, pre-bowl experience and doesn't start um, with a cell phone on the sideline tweeting. Um, I, was he on the sideline? Was he in the locker room? What's he doing? Is he just killing time? And it, it's it sounds like such a small thing. It drives coaches crazy because it's it's 120 people working for one thing, and when you got one guy who's doing something different, isn't isn't interested. That's unfortunately that's sometimes a sign. It's not always a sign. You know who else tweeted during a game once? Sean Austin um, during a maybe the bowl game I think in 2010, and you're thinking, well. That's it for this guy, right? And he became a pretty productive player for Holgerson's first couple of seasons, too. So uh, I don't think it's by any means the end here, but it's not a good look for what wasn't a good, you know, two, three weeks for Tyke Smith. And we'll see what happens. I think there are some off-the-field things here that probably have to be considered, and we don't get to, you know, adjudicate those things, which is probably for the best. Um, That's coaches, but they're going to have to probably sit down and have a talk and figure out what they do in the future with one another and if there is a future with one another and, and see how it goes. Really good player. Um, honestly, it wasn't missed today. Um, Scotty Young looked at times pretty good for a guy who jokingly, I mean, all of a sudden he was the best player in the scout team and you know, such an impact player and they'll be fine. But he looked like he knew what he was doing there and um, it wasn't a difference today, I don't think, too. But that was certainly a storyline they didn't want to have. And, and again, you have to address it sooner or later because that's going to pop up. Someone's going to say, wait a second, why was he congratulating Letty Brown on a 1,000-yard season during the third quarter? Isn't he in the game? Something happened there. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I like – again, we, we, we have been – it's been on the board and people have been begging us for updates and we've tried to share what we can, but it's hard to discuss these things because you don't want to talk about them unless you got all the details. But when it plays out like this for the public, every, it's not like it was some – secret or something that we had you know stirred up he tweeted it he's got tens of thousands of followers on twitter and it tweeted at letty brown and all this other thing so i don't i don't know if this is one of those situations where you want to get out ahead of it and try to talk about it or what don't know i mean that'll be an in-house thing and if it's if it ever gets that far and if it does get that far it'll be handled and they'll move on together but you know, it's, it's a guy who's in a, a really good position and he's good at his job and there's a way for him to make money doing what he's doing and doing it for, you know, another year or two. Their future's probably best together, but I don't know how happy that would be. We'll see. I mean, who knows? There, there seems to be something there that's not not perfect right now. Who knows? Um, what else about this one, Chris, that stands out that could keep us going for three hours, but uh, maybe just for a couple more minutes instead? I like the adjustments. Um, you, yeah. you mentioned a couple of them. I, I thought, again, everybody's going, ah, oh, play calling, play calling. Hey, you know what? I didn't think the play calling was bad. You know what helps? Guys catching the ball. Okay. Guys catching the ball will help. If guys are catching the ball early in the game, this might be a blowout. And we're talking about how, how efficient Jared Dagey is and how great the play calling was and yada, yada, yada. Um, but the adjustments, like you mentioned with the, the switch on, on the three-man to the four-man pension on the center, doing a lot of different looks with those guys, uh, getting in tight in the box. I mean, obviously, you have to do that against Army. But then making adjustments, again, uh, the the absolute cojones to switch to Kendall at halftime, and it works, great. That's just knowing your team 
for Neil Brown, and and he and he gave credit to Sean Reagan and and Jared, uh, Jared Parker. It sounded like it was a a consensus between the three of them that they they had to make a switch there, and Kendall was the choice. But also, you know, making adjustments with new players. My God, we, we've talked about it already, but they were getting down to all sorts of guys that that haven't played much or or not at all. Bonamico. Uh, switching guys from safety to corner. Jackie Matthews was in there some. Scotty Young, brand not brand new to the team, but first time not working with scout team, is all of a sudden starting and playing an extended amount. And they made it all work. So I think that's a credit to the coaching staff as well. They did something cool with their safeties too, and I have to like go back and watch it, but I almost thought they were playing one high, and we talked about what the, what they would do, and they, they brought one guy into the box, and they almost it's kind of like they figured out where they thought the play was going. I think they were exceptionally prepared for what they saw. They didn't get fooled in anything except the occasional pass. They just got outflanked sometimes because those formations do that to you. You can go either way with some of those plays. Um, and they did get cooked and sizzled on that one counterplay, which is, a again, that's a beautiful quarterback counterplay. I love it. Um, but I, I think it might have been Bonamico. It wasn't as a, a die as much, but I think it might have been Bonamico, which, again, this is a heck of a spot to put him in. But they kept rotating him down either before the snap or after the snap to, like, the back side of the play. Mm-hmm let him flow through the traffic and make plays, or if it came back, he would do it. And I, I'm looking at this now. He had 10 tackles. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, and by the way, your boy Dylan Tonkery yeah. shut down the most threatening drive of the game before they missed the field goal. Um, his stop Twice. on, stop on second, second and medium was, was good. His third down play was exceptional. Really yeah. athletic, getting over a guy who was cutting his legs. To do that, to get over a cut, to leap over a cut in the fourth quarter, and and to stop play before it goes anywhere, that could have been a twenty a thirty six yard field goal. It could have been a first down. It was a forty yard field goal, which isn't in that guy's bag. Um, that was that was a big play. And then Chandler really hung in playing. I mean, they haven't played Mike or Will. He looked like he was playing in the middle a lot, maybe because they mm-hmm. be the Mike. But um, the thirteen tackles are great. Ten of them were by himself for a team that flies to the ball and gets a lot of solo tackles. But he had an interception, which, which clinched the game. And that forced fumble was important, too. Just kind of let them know they were there and they're going to be around. And, and they got a chance to make something happen. Yeah. That's it, it. Look at that. Look at that top four on tackles. Chandler, Tonkery with 11, Bonamico with 10, Cowan with 9. I thought he played really well, other than that penalty that that I, I thought Neil Brown was going to yank him, horse collar him off the field when it happened. But uh, Brown was rightfully upset about them not calling a penalty on Armies, too. But... Um, he played really well, I thought, and I, I don't feel like he played as many snaps. I feel like he, you know, he got those nine tackles in like 35 snaps instead of 55 or 60, however many plays that army ran. The way they probably built their defense too, was let our guys in the middle win. If it's not Darius and Dante, it's going to have to be Chandler and Tonkery. And if not, Hey, bounce it outside, which is going to be your bandit. And whatever they did with that safety to have him sweep in from the backside, that was another boundary they put out there, and it, and it worked. Like, you're not going to get outside. And, I mean, that's that's good stuff, too. And it looked like they were changing things on the fly out there and just trying to make it work, and that was fine. Um, offensively, Sam Brown, I thought, looked good. Um, I don't know what rapport he has with Kendall, but sometimes the backup is better with backup receivers, but didn't exist. And, and honestly, Brown, 20 carries, 65 yards. Simmons had the two touchdowns. But, I mean, I think four drops, maybe. Ford Wheaton, Ryan, drops, drops, drops. It just seemed mm-hmm. like just more of the same, and I, I I can't see them coming back. Simmons said it's his last game. I can't see him coming back with Ford Wheaton, Sam James, Sean Ryan, and Sam Brown and saying, this is our group. I, I, I wonder, can they find a playmaker there? Can they get Sam Brown up to playmaker status? 
I, I just think they got to go get somebody who can do something dynamic on the receiver spot. Yeah, I think it was it was very telling that Neil Brown, when he was discussing what to do with those final spots, those final handful of spots, and he said, you know, uh, this spot, this spot, and then he said, if there's a, a true playmaker at wide receiver, we won't turn him down. And I think, you know, I've heard, I've heard names of some guys that, that have entered the portal that had connections to WVU or this current staff. And some have been interested in coming to WVU and WVU's kind of been like, no, thanks. And cause they are truly looking for somebody that can be the man. So I think if they, that's, that's another spot on those five or six spots that are left of, it's got to be, if it's a wide receiver, it's got to be an A number one alpha receiver, not another, you know, second string uh, beta kind of receiver here. And they may not find it because no. it, it does seem like they're being picky. And do you want another guy who kind of looks like, plays like, acts like everybody else? No. If you're going to do that, let those four or five guys refine and sort themselves out. Don't add to it. And then if you find a playmaker, do it. I don't know who that is. It might be hard to do, but we'll see. Um, I don't know. And, and then I guess just in closing here, Quality of the win. I just I just go over this. There's a big difference between six and four and five and five. To get Kendall to to lead it and to give you that that really cool send off to win at the end of a season, to be in a whole game and to win at the end of the season. I feel like in a week or whenever they come back, it's not gonna be how it happened. It's gonna be that happened. And and they got some pep in their step too, which I think is a huge difference considering how they've felt. And maybe by and large how they felt for three quarters today, which I think this is probably associated, but how they felt since that Iowa State game. Um, Iowa State game was out of character. Today didn't look good. Today was at times the worst of West Virginia, especially at the end of that first half. But, again, not exceptional. Don't get me wrong. I do think you can, again, ball this up and say, hey, we felt like crap for a month. And now we can feel really good. We got to win. You're as good as your last game. We won our last game. Our our one of our favorite teammates let us down the field a couple times. Got us two touchdowns. Beat Army that everybody wanted to beat us. You know, I think you can have a lot of chest thumping positivity there. Um, all things considered, eventually the final score doesn't matter. A win's a win's a win's a win. Especially in a bowl game, I, I think it's probably empowering to some regard. How much I don't know, but it could it really could have been a different story today. Yeah, this is this is another one that you're going to look at. If you think about it real hard right now, this this isn't anything to write home about. The, yeah, Army's nine and two, but they beat up on a really bad schedule, and then they're missing a handful of their best players right before the game. And West Virginia looked terrible for 35 minutes of this game, like absolutely terrible for 35 minutes. So you might think of it that way, but I like I said in a week. It's going to be a bull win, above 500, beat a nine-win Army team, going into the postseason with a win, moving on, and that's it. And that's the way you got to think about it, and I guarantee that's the way the coaches are going to pitch it to the players and to recruits, and that's the way it's going to be going going forward. This is going to be the greatest bull win, Liberty Bowl win in school history. If you're Jalen Anderson, if you're Justin Johnson, you saw Lady Brown get 20 carries and no one else touch the ball – if you're Caden Prather, you saw a lot of drops and you didn't see them really do anything. By the way, I, I can't believe they did. They never tried to test those corners and safeties. Like just get in the foot race and maybe you win. And, and then when Kendall came in, they tried it a few times. It worked a few times, but it did seem like that all of a sudden it woke everybody up. Like, wait a minute, we're the Power Five team. We have the 85 scholarships. We have the guys that we pulled from other Power Five conferences. 
let's let's get in the foot race. Let's run with these guys. Let's see if we can get out behind him. I just think that woke them up a little bit. Like they just they didn't do anything vertically in that first half. Screen passes, vertical passes, stuff like that, or uh, horizontal passes. It just didn't seem like it did it. So again, I think if you're Jalen Anderson, if you're Justin Johnson, if you're Caden Prather, you you probably say, huh. Uh, this looks like it's very inviting for me. So who knows? Maybe maybe in a normal offseason, some of these freshmen do make a difference. Didn't see that this year. Um, Sam Brown's three catches notwithstanding, but I, I do think there's a chance for them to be, you know, first first day, first game players. I don't know to what extent, but those three in particular, you know, they have a chance based on not what just what you saw today. I think it kind of solidified that. Yep. Well, Mike, I think we might have to get ready to wrap this up. Not because it's New Year's Eve and we're going to go enjoy our – nights but because i think you and i are both going to be discussing another topic that may be um yeah yeah you know what happened two years ago i was in richmond for new year's eve and holgerson left yeah i remember sitting sitting at my house waiting for the ball drop because we really thought that at 1201 a.m it was going to be official because you know he had to wait till the new year i I really thought it was going to happen right then i'm not going to say it out loud but when we hang up i had to talk to you yeah same here all right. Happy New Year, everybody. Until next time, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.